All right, this is the World Series wrap-up episode of the So Baseball podcast. We've got the whole gang on board today, so sit back and enjoy our discussion of the Atlanta Braves victory in Game 6 of the World Series. Um, if you notice some fun background noise while uh, during the recording, that is my fault. I was walking down the street in downtown LA, so you can hear the occasional car horn or what have you. But just just take it in as a part of the, the urban experience of baseball in general. So uh, hope everyone's having a good one and enjoy the show. So baseball. Wow. So baseball. Hello. Hello. Kevin. Ross. What's up, buddy? Is that you? That's me. Dave. You got me, baby. Oh, wow. Two on one. Where's Sasha when we need him? Yeah, where How is Sasha? That? He said he was getting lunch. He'll be back momentarily. Oh, okay. Is okay. is right. uh, is two Neglias a bunch? That's what I want to know. Or is that? Nope. Oh, okay. You know, I'd say one is a bunch in in this case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think more like Ross is a handful. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something I mean, like in, in baseball, you know, three to four runs equals one bunch. Yes. No, and you were spot on. They had two bunches last night. It was, they did. They got two big bunches. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and I love this because, you know, traditionalists, I'm in quotes because they're not really traditionalists, they call them putting up a crooked number. Right. Now, what's a crooked number? Anything besides uh, a one? Correct. Okay. Correct. So if you put up, but I like Dave's theory, and I, I'm I'm now a, a, a apostle on this about the bunches because it actually makes more sense because you're you're it, it's not only that you've scored runs and you put something on the board, but you scored quite a few runs, and you had you know it it takes more than you know one person to do it. So yeah, you scored. Uh... You had a big inning, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. Now, if I score four runs, and then the next inning I score five runs, do I have two bunches or three bunches? Two bunches. What? The bunches are are contained to the inning. So a bunch is not just three or more. Yeah. No bunches. Bunches like have to be in a bunch. Yeah, like it's <laughs> it's in an inning. It's in a half inning, right, Dave? Right. I mean, like they. They scored four runs. That's what bunch number one. And then you yeah. score five runs. That's bunch number two. Right. Like if they scored four runs in the first, and then, and then another four in the second. Yeah. That would they'd be up two bunches to none. Yeah. But, if you score, uh, if you score a single could... run, that's not a bunch. No, then you'd be no. up like one and a half, like one point three bunches yeah. or something. Well, I I like your theory too, Dave. I'm a. I'm also a believer in the bunch, bunch theory, bunchonomics. Well, you know who, who doesn't like my theory and who showed it last night is, is the Houston Astros because they, once they got down one and two bunches, um, they were trying to get back two bunches with one swing. You can't <laughs> do that. You can't That's right. do that. That's right. You've got to just put men on base, put pressure on them. I mean, they're, the, yeah. 
Because their game five approach is, to your point, they whittled away at the Braves bunch. The bunch, yeah. the, the Braves got the four run bunch, right? And then they got two and two, and all of a sudden, hey, that Braves bunch has has been dissipated. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Which was surprising because they generally are a pretty disciplined team, and last night they they weren't. Yeah. The pressure. They, I guess the pressure finally got, or maybe it was frustration, or. Um, well, also the Braves had a good starting pitcher performance yesterday, unlike game five. They had no starting pitcher. So Sasha has joined us. Sasha! Hey, buddy. Atlanta uh, Braves in six! Woo! <laughs> you called it. You got it. You win. You win uh, the rosé. <laughs> yeah, what do I win? <laughs> well, you win 40, 40% got- off. You get four exactly forty percent off, and you have four cans of rosé on their way to you. So, Great! I'll be, I'll be delivering that later myself. I drank all my rosé. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, my, mine are, I'm using mine as trading. I'm going to trade for other, uh, other alcohol. Um, now, getting back but anyway, to I, I was, just, I was going to let, I was going to let Sasha just know that, and you can tell him too, Ross, that. All we've been discussing right now is the bunch theory that uh, Dave uh, created, and we are all in in uh, agreement that we think it's a great, uh, great new theory for baseball. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> putting on and, and thank God for editing. Thanks for shitting all over my bunches. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know what the past the, the your theory of bunches. I mean, I do like the bunches concept, right? It just like, it's the universal theory of bunches. It, it's not just baseball. It's like this is a it applies to baseball, and clearly it, it's getting some traction. But it's it's the universal theory of bunches, you know. Mm. So I don't know how deep we want to go, and I'm fine not to. But uh, we could we could really go into it. And well, talk about we were... it. Let's talk about Sasha's well, prediction because he called it. That's right? more exciting. Yeah, you're right. That is. He did fun. call Braves in six, and yeah. he said the his MVP will be someone relatively unknown. Well, depending on who you are, Jorge Soler is either somebody you drafted in you know the twentieth round of your fantasy baseball draft, or someone who toiled away in obscurity on the Royals this year. Um, so you know. I, th- I think we give it to him because I think what he was trying to say was it's going to be someone we don't expect. Right. And for yeah. someone who had a sub 200 batting average before he came over to the Braves and then started his tenure on the Braves on the COVID IL. Yeah. You could say Jorge Soler was a very unlikely world series MVP. So I'll give it to Sasha. Yeah. I yeah. think so too. I think so too. Nobody was putting his, their money on that. Yeah. And, um, and also he missed, didn't he miss part of the playoffs on the COVID list? Yeah. Oh, did he? Oh, right. Yeah. Was, yeah. So, was, I mean, even more like, you know, off the radar. And there he comes. He gets three home runs, right? That are, were game changers, each one of them. Well, so you love, love the direction I'm going to go in because the theory of bunches plays into it. Plays into, so, the theory of bunches is it's that you can be really good. It doesn't matter when you get to the playoffs because it's more about whether you're hot. Right. You know I mean, so 
the Braves, they, they sucked at the beginning of the year. They started ramping up, and granted, they got like a lot of di- different players to join the team to, to really make a difference. So those bunches of wins in the second half of the season is what brought them not only to the playoffs, but then to have just a winning team that I think probably could have beaten any team that made it to the World Series. Like, I don't think that, that um, the Red Sox uh, would have um, – would have beaten them. There's, you know, there's no way. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. hot at the right time, and for them to also have just the starting pitching, and also again a revitalized bullpen that sucked at the beginning of the year, but like towards the end it was like sub three. I mean, that's what you need is to is to get hot and to have that chemistry and to be loose and to be able to have a good time. And you know those, and, and the reason why I kind of pick like the random is because usually those guys have nothing to lose. They're just happy to be there. You know, they're right. the on the stars, and and they often fail because there's just too much pressure on them. And it's the guy that you got who's like a utility player in another team who becomes like, you know, the star of the World Series. That happens so often. Yeah, and a lot of times, you know, they're they're intentionally walking or pinching pitching around the star player to get to the lesser known right. guy and he gets a chance to come through and then you know when he does boom world series mvp yeah for sure but uh getting back to last night's game and applying our bunches theory uh <laughs> we know that the uh, braves scored three that's a bunch then the braves scored three more that's another bunch uh so the the astros are sitting here thinking okay we're down two bunches we just can't let them get two more or any more runs, and we need to we need to score a bunch or two. And then when the Braves got that seventh run, then it's more than two bunches, and they they sort of felt defeated. Yeah, that was game over for me. That seventh run, for sure. And I think just to take it even one level back, because I think we now know that the Braves are the original bunches team in our language because. In July, they went out and got a bunch of outfielders. Four outfielders. Yeah, that's a bunch. One bunch sure of is. outfielders. Yeah, it is. And and those all those outfielders were super important for yeah. their playoff wins, right? I mean, Soler, Duval, Peter Peterson, Peterson, yep. and um, uh, and uh, Rosario, of course, right? I mean, who did stuff in the championship series that no one had ever done? So. That's pretty. It's it's uh, pretty amazing. Um, so it is. Uh, do you th- think that uh, this will set any kind of like a blueprint for like how to do it, or was this do? Did everyone know this was how to do it, and it just doesn't always work? Well, this was of necessity. This was not of let's go out and get some players uh, for uh, you know the trade deadline because we need to you know. Mm-hmm. get down the stretch i mean well, they, they they lost but i mean well because they had lost the one of the best players in the national league and they lost another guy who was a pretty good outfielder um and they had lost the starting pitcher so um i don't think it was by design it was more of necessity like a lot of brave people were like don't even do that you should just sell yeah. off at this point mm-hmm. you know exactly so, most most teams that are sub 500 are thinking we're not buyers, we're sellers. And the Braves said, no, we're going we're gonna to buy anyway because the NL East is a complete joke. But also because they, were, they, they had a good team. They, they weren't 
a terrible team. Um, they just had some really bad injuries and other other incidents that really affected their team. So, so it, it's it's still kind of up for grabs. Like, is this a new theory that hey, just even if you're a bad team, go for it? I think there's certain factors that come into play that, especially with this Braves team, like Ross said, the East was such a, a you know, a crap not a very good division so yeah but but that that's that's all there's a lot of risk there that you're taking i mean you know uh, kudos to the yankees for for going there like their team was not performing well and they made the decision that despite that that they were going to make the investment and it didn't pay off for them and they lost probably a lot of good players to get like you know three three months of a rental for maybe two or three players and, and one of them wasn't even really that good so yeah. for every for every for every Braves, um, you know, success, you're, you're, it's littered with, with all these other playoff teams who made that investment and basically mortgaged their future, and it didn't work out. So it, it's really tough to to make that decision if you don't have an indication that the team is going to be better. So I'm, I'm kind of I'm thinking that the the, that the Braves management they probably knew it's like you know what we're actually better than we think, and we're going to take the risk. Um, and it paid off. Yeah, but the factor of the division they were in, because let's use the Cubs for example, right? Like, since the Cubs went everywhere and every team had a Cub, um, it, you could have, you know, but in the Central Division, the Brewers were playing so much better. There was no way they were going to catch the Brewers. Um, so the who's in your division factors into it, too. Yeah. Uh, and or the wild yeah. card, because... What the Giants and Dodgers were doing was pretty much like, hey, you're not going to get that wild card spot. That's kind of wrapped up. Um, and so, yeah, it was and, – and the Padres were playing pretty well up until that point too. But Yeah. yeah. And yeah. if you look at, like, to, to Sasha's point about whether or not to make a move at the deadline, uh, Yankees, Dodgers – I mean, the Yankees, we know, gave up some pieces to get – Gallo and Rizzo, and, and they made some decent moves. They didn't, they didn't end up really working out for them. But, you know, the Astros are going to walk away with no World Series rings. You know, they gave up Abraham Toro to get Graveman. And, you know, that was a huge get. Uh, but now they're going to be without the services of Abraham Toro going forward. Um, and they're going to be kind of – the Dodgers, we know, gave up of their farm system to get Scherzer and they didn't make the World Series so I think you just have to remember like giving up prospects is part of winning a title it, it has to happen it's a key piece to winning a title and so every team that's in contention does it and you can't kick yourself for oh we shouldn't have even tried you should definitely should have tried and you don't give up your favorites um, although I think the Dodgers gave up their yeah. basically best catcher in their farm system. Mm-hmm. But they, they believe in Will Smith and his wonderful framing. And so the Dodgers are going to be okay with having made that trade. And they have, they have Trey Turner um, for all of next season. So they don't, get to, they don't need to get in the shortstop free agent, uh, you know, free-for-all. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the Dod- maybe uh, Gallo figures it out next year and has a great – last year for the Yankees. Maybe the Yankees love Rizzo so much, they decide to bring him back. Um, we know they're trying to trade Luke Hoyt, and this, this is an off-season discussion. But yeah. anyway, all I'm saying is, 
the Braves got their four outfielders on the cheap. They did it the right way. All of those guys got hot as soon as they arrived. And, you know, all everything fell perfectly for the Braves in the in terms of the trade deadline. So hats off to them. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Good analysis, everyone. <laughs> um, do, does anyone have any bullet points or uh, takeaways from the, the, the game or the series? Um, I, wanted... I've got one. I've got one. Um, asterisk, still intact. Asterisk, I repeat, still intact. They did not win it all. They did not remove the asterisk. They're right. still a questionable uh, winner, and that's just fine with me. I was, you know, I mean, I'm a fair man. I was willing to remove it. You guys win it, we'll take it away. Yeah. You didn't win it. It's still there. Yeah. <laughs> um, my takeaway is that um, starting pitching still matters. And the last night's game was a reminder. is just like what you really want is to have starting pitching that can dominate for six innings. I mean, that was a great performance. And it was kind of like at this point, it's kind of old-fashioned. You know what I mean? They, they won that game the old-fashioned way. He was freaking amazing. Right? Yeah. And, and there's yeah. no replacement for, for good starting pitching. And, like, we, we see as soon as there's a crack in that starting pitching, just everything else falls apart. Like, yeah. you know, bullpens are not there to, like, pitch, like, three or four innings. And if you're in that situation or if you're putting yourself in that situation, it should be out of desperation. But it's not a strategy. And I think that's yeah. – talked about this before. Like, the Dodgers made the mistake. Like, they had really great starting pitching, and they just misused it. Yep, they did. They you know, did. And and on that note, it's like not only that, if you look at how the Braves manage these games with their bullpen, you you put those people in roles and you use them consistently in that role. So like people were questioning, why in game one are they using, you know, these these pitchers at that point? It's like you got to because you got in, in in the World Series and in seven game series in general and five game series as well, you really got to lock down a win. Like it's all about the win. So if you can line your bullpen up, so you get the starter to go five, six innings, five, maybe only. And then you just go, that's my sixth inning guy. That's my seventh inning guy. That's my eighth inning guy. That's my ninth. Put that one in the bank, move on. And, and I think that, um, that is key. I, I get the feeling that the Astros were a little bit more, inconsistent in that uh, because of gameplay and whatever else. But I feel like the Braves were very consistent on that. Very, very. Well, to um, Sasha's point, um, to Sasha's point, the, uh, the Braves had their guys on regular rest. The Astros brought back Garcia on short rest last night. And then if you saw the MLB site, if there was going to be a game seven tonight, it would have been Ian Anderson versus uh, Jake Odorizzi. So they had Odorizzi that game seven start but they felt better about bringing back Garcia. So, yeah. and Garcia have actually started a reason game. So start his regular start. Could be, I mean, you, you know, there's lots of, I mean, this, in these games, like, you know, it was interesting because they got the bunches early and it was all downhill from there. There was no, there was no comeback. Yeah, so, well, who gave up the bunches? The guy who, it, the guy exactly. who started on short rest. Exactly, and and maybe left him in for one too many guys too, right? Like, like, do you really leave him in there? But 
But that comes into the uh, the three batter rule too. So, um, yeah, it's. I agree with you. I I, I think I think you've got to go with the guy with a more rest uh, earlier if you can versus the guy with shorter rest and save the guy with longer rest for later. We saw how the Dodgers like you know just screwed it up. Oh, I mean, yeah. big time. So. Yeah. Well, what about uh, the game where Atlanta pulled the guy when he had a no hitter going? That's discipline right there. That's what you you know. We yeah. got a six inning guy. Yeah. He, you know we don't need to do this. He's in the middle of a no hitter. But you know what? Stick to the game plan, it, and it well, worked out for him. Yeah, because it's a one nothing game. If it's a five nothing game, he goes longer. Sure. Right. But, but I but, think that even with that, some, you know, teams that are dumb and do dumb things like the Padres would would have like said, well, look, he has no hitter going. Right. That must mean a good thing. Leave him in, you know? Yeah, I think I don't think. Yeah, that's the hunch factor. The kind of the hunch manager who goes, well, you know, he's he's looking good. You know, I feel good about it. Um, yeah, that's. But but that's what I'm saying is the Braves were so disciplined, like you're saying, backing up. It's like, they're like, no, we got to this point. Let's not risk it. Let's bring our guys in. Let's 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 hammer this thing down. You know, so. All right, guys, I got to leave. I have a meeting. <clears throat> All right. We love you, Sasha. Take care. Thank you. Um, great season. I look forward to having some discussions about what's going on in the offseason. Sounds good. Absolutely. Send Great. us and the login. We'll join you in your meeting. And don't sleep, <laughs> Sasha, on, on So Football coming soon to a podcast near you. It will be happening. Fantastic. We're gonna, some exciting news on that coming up. So we'd love to have you in on that. Great. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. See you, man. All right. Bye, Sasha. What a guy. Um, any, any more thoughts on this postseason and uh, – where it leaves us as we go into an off season where we need a new collective bargaining agreement uh, before we can really start getting excited for hot stove. The, the owners and players association need to lock that down to prevent a work stoppage. Uh, this might be the last baseball we see for a while. So uh, any, any final thoughts? Well, I think I think it's interesting because that that is that will come into play, and I think we can lay that out with what we just witnessed. Is if they do some new playoff situation, right? Like if they if they do go back like they did last year with some sort of three game playoff where there's only one home team, right? Where yep. the team with the better record gets to host all three games. Um. Uh, you know, it, and and we can see how that how these things can kind of play out because, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe the Braves had the the lowest winning percentage during the season of all the teams in the playoffs. I think you're right because I think they won 88 games, um, which is not unheard of for winning a World Series. I believe the Cardinals, one of those Cardinals teams, had the 2006 that. Cardinals, and I believe. Uh, I could be wrong on this one. I thought also maybe the Dodgers in in uh, in eighty eight, but maybe not. Maybe I'm just mixing up eighty eight year with eighty eight wins. <laughs> but um, but that team also the the Bra- the A's had a way better record. Um, yes. Oh, absolutely. And and so anyway, it's 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 that. 
that effect of that we know that the Braves played really good baseball down the stretch from August. They didn't play as well as, say, like the Dodgers or I think the Giants. I think they were pretty close, but but um, it is interesting that they were able to sustain that through. And um, so that plays into this adding more teams to the playoffs, right? So if you add extra teams, can teams with worse winning percentages yes. win, win the, uh, the World Series? And is that something you really want? I guess that's the next question. Uh, David, your, your take? Yeah, yeah I, I'm pretty good with that. I, I think that, uh, you know, we're, we've, the, the barn door is swung wide open for, you know, oh, this isn't how we used to have it. Like, there, there's nothing how we used to have it left. And there's, you know, it's flying even further in that direction every, every year. So I say, yeah, if it's going to make it more fun, Try, you know, expand the playoff, uh, you know, numbers. More teams is a good thing. Um, and if you don't belong there, you're going to get knocked out. And that's that's cool. Um, and that, the only other last thing not related to that, but takeaway for the, for the end of the baseball season is, I like Atlanta as, a, as our off-season champ, you know. They're a, they're a good bunch of guys. They, they're fun to watch. They seem cool. This, this was a good season, in my opinion. I'm, I'm really happy with it. I completely agree. I think it was a great season. I think it, yeah. and it, it may even rank up there as the greatest season I ever uh, followed. Um, I love that because I know you're – you don't – that's not a thing that you say lightly, I'm sure. N- no, it's – exactly, because it's, um, it, you know, day in and day out, there was something – I mean – Ross and I did their first um, podcast before the season started, I think. And it was nonstop. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, we're in a lull period. I mean, we didn't get the podcast as much as we wanted to earlier in the year. But the season, it wasn't because of the season. It was just because of our schedules. And um, so, but the season was like, oh, my God, let's just, let's just go back for one second. Let's remember those Padres-Dodgers games earlier in the year that mm-hmm. felt like playoff games. And those were exactly. in April and May. Exactly. No, it was, yeah, it was definitely that was so April. Fun. And, and, and it was like – and even that first series where the Dodgers came to the Giants and Trevor Bauer was on the mound and he did his whole sword thing and he was like – you know, it was – that stuff was intense. And, um, and there were a lot of that throughout the league. It wasn't even, you know, so, but we, but it was a great season for the West, right? Like, like for those first three or four months, Major League Baseball looked to the West. Like, absolutely. Otani, the A's were, made a good comeback after starting slow. The Mariners even got on track, um, you know, so you had all these great things going on in the West. And that has never in my lifetime happened in Major League Baseball. Like, it was always East Coast, Central-centric, and West Coast was like, well, eh, you know, something's going on. But now everyone was like, hey, let's stay up and watch Tatis. Let's yep. stay up and watch Otani. Let's see what he's going to do. And um, that's only good for baseball, you know. So Yeah, um, like you're saying, there was no lull to this season. Uh, no. From, like, the early days when you had the three, three-team race in the West, and then, uh, you know, you shift – to um, shift to like the Yankees, like 
crapping the bed and then going on their big run. Yeah. Uh, the the Mariners coming on strong, then the the Cardinals heat up and they go nuts. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, then finally the Braves make those moves and they start getting hot and just pull away from all the other clowns in the NL East. So like there was just no there was no month that felt like can we just get to the playoffs already? And I'm not even talking about that that final race between the Giants and Dodgers, where right. neither of them would lose for the entire month, last month of the season. It like, seemed, yeah, it, and, and, and let's not forget about people like DeGrom, who was having this amazing season until he got hurt. And his games were like must-see. Like, you had to check out what he was doing. And the Mets were in first place for a huge chunk of the year. Um, so, yeah, it, it just... Uh, just just great baseball all the way around. And what a great bounce back from last year, which had its, you know, baseball was special last year, but in a different kind of way. And um, so just a, just overall, the game, I think the game really upped its, its on-field performance. And the two teams in the central divisions that cruised to their division titles got bounced in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a, that. The Brewers' um, downfall is is one to be studied as well because this September September for them was just a like a mud pit. It was like they were stuck in the Astros infield. <laughs> <laughs> Did, no, I just one la- one last thing about the game last night because I thought it was super interesting. Is that ball went out of the ballpark that Solar hit right? Yeah. And did you guys happen to read that that story I sent you? Um, no, I didn't get a chance to. Oh, so it's amazing. So these people were watching the game in their apartment outside the ballpark, right across the street, and they were they said, "Oh, home run!" And then <laughs> they're they're like they looked out their window and their balcony or whatever, and they could see where the ball landed behind this like construction fence or something. And so the guy and his wife like ran down there to to, and then the security guard was like, "No, you can't come in here. This is blah blah blah, blah whatever." And the guy, while while his wife was kind of distracting the guy, the guy just jumped over the fence on the side, grabbed the ball, and jumped back over the fence. Oh my god! And, and as they were, as the the security guys started looking for the ball, they ran back up to their apartment with the ball. <laughs> And then it's hilarious because they're like, you know, we're big Astros fans. And of course, this is, you know, but hey, if anyone wants to call us from the Braves world and they want to buy this ball, we're more than happy to talk to them. Oh, so they didn't even have to give it back. (laughs) No, because it wasn't. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe, you know how it is. It's like, but it was so hilarious that that's because I was curious. Remember, I sent that little screen grab last night of what it actually looks out like outside that on the other side of that wall which is super weird and interesting at the same time because the field must be sunken down, right? Because the, the, um, the wall doesn't seem that high on the outside. Right. Um, and, and I've never been to that ballpark. So it was really cool to find that story of where that ball went. Cause I was, you know, cause it, you know, I, you know, like in Chicago, you always see like that shot of the kids running down the street, grabbing the ball or, or at, you know, obviously at, uh, here at the ballpark, San Francisco going in the water on the walkway or, you know, there's people around, but here the ball ended up this, this important world series game six ball ended up in some lonely, like 
construction fencing site or something, and <laughs> these people got it. He just so. crushed that thing, man. Yeah. Oh, that oh was, man, was that outrageous! That, yeah. What happened? That was and, fantastic. And they need to recalculate. I mean, come on. There's no way that was only 446 feet or whatever. Oh no, that was that was more. That was they said more. 460. No, they said 446. I think. Okay. I'm going to say upped it. Because they were saying that one that Pujols hit there in 2005 playoffs, I think, um, where he hit it off the glass because it was closed right? Um, around the same spot. They said that was 450-something. So I'm like, hey, wait a second. You know, his his. Well, what about the, uh What about the uh, death blow from Juan Soto in the 2019 World Series that went up on the train track? Right. And that was right. opposite field. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, Juan Soto is one of our favorites. We yeah. we are we are all big Juan Soto fans. Huge. Um, and big yeah, Juan Soto house here. He's yeah, he's he's the he's the 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 current and future of baseball at the same time. Um, yeah, that was amazing. That was truly amazing. And how, what about and you? You forwarded, I think, Ross, the the tweet from the Nationals. Yep. That and they were saying that, hey, congratulations to the Braves. Uh, celebrating a World Series win in the Visitors Clubhouse at, in Houston is a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a perfect diss and congratulations. Uh, yeah, yeah that I was know. Uh, to to another team in their division too, which I thought was interesting. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so that that was yeah, that, and that's and that's that's what makes baseball great, right? All these little stories, all these little occurrences, all these weird things that that aren't like you know basketball. The court is always the same. All these little things that, that make it a wonderful sport. So, And on that Agreed. note, we'll let you go. Thank you both yeah. for being part of this year. We will give out our postseason or our we're going to give our 2021 awards next episode. So I'll send you the list of categories so you can de- decide on who your winners are for next episode. Uh, likely to record either this weekend or next week. Fantastic. That sounds great to me, brother. All right, guys. Have a good one. You Thank too. You. Great Come job, again. everyone. Yep. Bye, everyone. Okay. Bye. Bye. We are brought to you this week, as always, by WineInsiders.com. We invite you to use the promo code SOBASEBALL with your first order in which you will receive 40% off, which is a damn good discount, if I say so myself. I ordered six bottles last week, and um, the first one I tried was a 2020 Duck Point Sauvignon Blanc, which is highly rated on their site uh, and goes for a modest $17.99. I think I got a discount on top of that with my promo code. And let's just say I finished it off in one night. So, uh, you know, if you want to, it's a, it's some sort of award winner. It's got a little sticker on it. So if you're into the whites, this is a nice minerally dry white for you to enjoy. And they have a ton of other ones on there. Reds, whites, whatever your, whatever your thing is. So check out wineinsiders.com. Thank you.